Welcome back to another episode of Tuesdays with Mummy, a show where I, Kala, meet my son on the podcast each week and chat about the happenings in our lives. This session is a perfect opportunity for me to catch up with Tejas and recollect his childhood. Further, it gives us a glimpse of his university life. Say hello to your crowd, son. Hey, everyone. It's so nice to be here every week. So Tejas, over the last one week, you have been busy envisaging this beautiful logo for the International Law Society. Uh, we saw the logo which had the bright, colorful Cambridge lion. And seeing this logo quickly brought back some fond memories for your dad and myself. So do you remember that smiling lion story? <laughs> Who can ever forget it? So, when you were about five or six years old, uh, one day as we returned from work, we saw this beautiful piece of drawing on your table. And with all seriousness, I asked you what it was because I tried deciphering what, you know, in every possible way. It looked like a human face with a broad smile and I just could not make out. Okay. So, then we asked you and you replied innocently that it was a smiling lion. Both your dad and I just could not conceal our laughter. <laughs> but we didn't want to demotivate you. So you know what I told you from that day onwards? I said, Tejas, whenever you draw something, please caption it first so everyone can appreciate what you've drawn. <laughs> I guess it holds good even to this day. <laughs> and also recently, uh, I saw um, your cousin's drawing and he had, uh, you know, picturized uh, dancing potatoes. Immediately, I knew where he had got the genes from. <laughs> <laughs> so you also come from a very rich legacy uh, of a family of artists. Like your grandfather is an excellent painter uh, who uses different medium. You know, early on, he used to do the fabric painting on your grandmom's saris. Later on, he moved to watercolors on paper. He has done plenty of pencil sketches portraits and we've done in we've done a lovely episode with him that everyone should listen to yes of course yes yes definitely and all his other hobbies and pursuits and then of course uh, also his famous reverse glass paintings right and to a certain extent both your aunt gauri and myself are good artists too you know, so when you had this kind of a family background, did you ever feel that this limitation in drawing skills uh, come up in any time? I mean, I never saw you struggle in any of your biology projects or take my help anytime. Uh, so I think it, so this sort of starts off with uh, all of you being artists, right? I think even on upper side of the family, Anji is such a talented artist when it comes to crochet and when it comes to knitting. Yeah, She's very so true. I missed it. Yeah. Very good at colors and uh, putting together colors and imagining what a piece would look like. And all of you are so creative in such unique ways. So I think the biggest surprise was when I didn't have color association. I was really bad with it. I think you remember uh, I, I was wearing multicolored shirts and shorts and socks and shoes. 
I think it took me a while to understand what colors go with each other. And it's like a continuous process because I still get enough remarks on the kind of fashion I pursue. But I think that that's one side of things that all of you are very, very creative and good with colors. But then there's this other side that, so the smiling eye was just inspired by animation. I used to watch a lot of animated films and I still do. I have like a nice... Uh, love for animated films and you always see animals and all the characters within these animated films smiling so I think what like I obviously can't place the smiling line anymore but I think it was inspired by Lion King because I'm always continuously related to animals like being happy or, or you know showcasing some emotion I don't think I like those uh, still photographs or still pieces of art. It, it felt very unnatural to me. So that's one. That's that's the smiling lion part. Now talking about whether I felt limited. Uh, a couple of things. I, I don't think I ever felt limited. Because uh, if you look at how my relationship with drawing was. Appa used to take me to his office once a week. Every, every Thursday. And he, I think he used to ask me what do you want to do. And I used to say I want to geech it. And Geechit basically in my language at that time essentially just meant I wanted to draw on something because we had a very strict no drawing on the walls at home rule. And you used to give me paper and pencil and say, okay, do whatever you want. And I used to draw very simple things. Appa used to outline them sometimes. So this one time he outlined a house and I drew it in and then I painted it. And I don't know. I don't think it was that good also, but it's been framed and every piece of artwork that I produced, I think from kindergarten to grade six, grade seven, even is framed and it's kept safely in a nice big blue folder in the house. And we still have every piece of it, right? That's both you and Appa. And as a result, I didn't really know I was bad at drawing Uh, because in my head, I was always a very talented, good, like I can, I can do okay. I can get by Like if you show me something, I can try to figure out how to do it. I think it's only as I grew older that I realized that, okay, you're you're pretty bad. Like you're not very talented at drawing at all. But then I think I also started just finding joy in art. Um, So we have a very close family friend who teaches art to kids uh, in summer camps and all of these things. And I spent two weeks in that house once just doing different pieces of art. I learned how to do calligraphy, for example, with them. Coffee, coffee painting, bean painting, yeah. Uh, coffee bean painting, and then I bought a quilt piece of uh, piece of art that's at home for your birthday right. in two thousand six, I think. So, I I never really felt like I was limited. I just gained an appreciation for the fact that there were more talented artists, and I just did the best I could, and I had a lot of fun with it. So, so there was that, and honestly, it's it's been a it's been very fun to draw because even now, like last year, I tried out that entire October challenge just for the fun of it, drawing new photographs every day in October. And I had such a good time. They were not excellent drawings, but it was so fun to do. So that's that's what I've taken out of it. But I mean, for um, for you both, it must have been quite a shock because you are a very good artist, even like we have that family legacy and you used to put me in so many classes. So why didn't it ever 
strike you to put me in drawing or art classes or force me to become better at drawing because i know that when there were things that i wasn't good at there was this very strong sense of he needs to become good at it my handwriting for example improved only because appa got me those cursive writing books and i did cursive writing every day for 2 years it was 2 years worth of effort to get to good cursive writing so why didn't you do the same thing with drawing thinking back i don't uh, remember anything specific that was associated uh, with this particular skill i also remember during summer vacation when you used to come uh, your grandfather used to make you draw on those bags he tried his bit too but then we soon realized the reality of the <laughs> situation so that's why now you know why we framed your first picture <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i guess it was more because of the fact that you were left-handed and you really struggled to even hold your pencil and write it was in such an awkward position um you know completely wrist bent and you were writing from left to right and it took us a while to comprehend your writing skills so we didn't want you to struggle more uh even with the drawing you know maybe it would have improved uh, your motor skills thinking back uh, but then back then uh, we just didn't want you to stress yourself with this additional activity so i think that that left handed thing is a it's a very nice excuse for a lot of things no yeah. like i mean in general because you can get away with so much because you hold it i mean in left handers also there are some left handers who can hold the pen straight and neat uh, by by sort of taking the pressure on their wrist but a lot of us are south paws so the the wrist actually goes across the hand and i think the the other thing is so part of that is definitely true because i would have struggled with pencil shading because it would have just left creases with everything that i drew but maybe we could have given a shot with painting i have a feeling that would have been an interesting thing so in the future it's, maybe i'll try that out yeah it's never too late we would love to see Absolutely. some <laughs> drawings yeah. you know but then we also saw your creative expressions uh, through the powerpoint presentation you yeah. remember the kids next door uh, when yeah, you had done yeah. you were quite young about 7 or 8 years at that time isn't it so yeah. that was a real uh, nice way of showing uh, how you could visualize and put things together so even if you couldn't draw you were able to Uh, coordinate and bring out a very holistic picture you know so that was more important so i think the creative genes have sort of passed on in terms of ideating because i can ideate things it's just the execution part that i have to rely on someone else for uh so even with this international law society logo um initially i had no ideas i had no clue what i wanted because the united nations association over here has the united nations logo and usually international law is associated with the un and it's very easy to take the un logo and say okay like that's what we are but the united nations association already had it and so on the initial call with our dear family friend and really good graphic designer i just sort of i i gave her the purpose of the logo and sort of a couple of elements that i would have liked and she really 
pushed herself with those elements and came back with some fantastic designs but the minute i saw them i realized that that was not what i wanted and using the inspiration from what she had given me i was able to think of this and when i explained it to her i did my best to try to convey what i had in my head and it's really credit to these artists talent like her and so many other people that i know who are able to take communicated words about an idea and just see it in their heads and execute it to perfection it's it's lovely and i'm so happy with how the logo has turned out yes 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 you know the story behind the way you have conceptualized the entire thing the colors that you have brought about it looks amazing i'm sure even the professors and the academician academy academicians <laughs> there would yeah. love to see this uh, new logo <laughs> yeah quite good yeah uh, so recently uh, i had hosted this mandala art drawing something that i wanted to learn for a very long time and thanks again to our dear friend the one who had taught you coffee bean painting years back uh, she taught about 25 of us this beautiful piece of art where you do repeated designs patterns in geometrical forms it is also called as meditative drawing and at the end of one and a half hour session you know there is a certain calmness that it brings about because you are drawing in this paper those uh, repeated designs and it gave us so much of joy and most importantly like you mentioned her instructions too were so simple and that it was in the group there was a child who was about 8 years and then there was your grandfather who is in his 70s so for all of them she had the same set of instructions and it was so explicit that we could follow it very well and all of us produced these beautiful designs uh, you know it was so nice the entire uh, sessions what we had so do you think tejas uh, this drawing as a skill because it develops uh, the fine motor skills it improves hand eye coordination and it also helps in creative uh, problem solving should these basic skills of drawing be included as part of the curriculum what do you say so generally i'm usually against more things being added to curriculums because it feels like we're always overloading children with all of these subjects and ideas and things like that but when you're talking about drawing right in particular i think what's really important is two things because i learned them in grade 6 and grade 7 and they really made a massive difference in the way that i i think about a lot of stuff um the first is shapes and shape theory so learning how to draw a nice circle learning how to draw geometric patterns like squares and triangles and all of these things because those have direct application to a lot of school work that people do so if you look at math and science and all of these subjects at the start um and also then later on if you if you decide to go into humanities i think shape theory is one of those things that's really helpful to visualize pieces like words that you're seeing i found it very helpful i mean when i'm studying when i was doing math problems especially in 11th and 12th to just draw out the diagram very quickly 
and i think a more accurate drawing always helps uh so that's there's that but there's also i think the second thing is color theory i think it's really important that children are taught taught color theory because it's it's so beautiful that you can mix i mean that first of all nature provides so many different colors and second that you can mix all of these colors to produce colors that you don't often see uh and that has a joy of its own and i think you start to just become a little more appreciative of of the different things around you like when when in bangalore we used to see these cotton candy colored skies and in gujarat also we used to see different like light blue pale blue here the the colors more um ultraviolet it's it's more purple than it is blue very often i i really like seeing those and i think that there's a greater appreciation if people learn that but drawing skills in particular i think maybe apart from basic shapes i really don't think it should be it should be too emphasized because it's one of those things that um it it feels like it often has the ability to uh you know uh take away from someone's confidence so i think if it is taught it should be taught in such a way that you guys taught me just encourage every kid to just express themselves through art rather than saying this is what you have to draw because we see that classic scene in tare zameen par where that kid is learning art ishan avasti where there's one orange and one banana and he's forced to draw it and he really doesn't care about drawing that he wants to draw whatever he wants to draw uh so i think if drawing skills are communicated to children in schools it needs to be done in such a way that just teaches them that self expression and just gives them an empty piece of paper and says do whatever you want on it rather than assigning grades to it and anything of that sort yes i completely agree tejas uh, drawing is such a beautiful expression of your deepest creative emotions and i feel similar to fathers day or mothers day a drawing day should also be celebrated where people from all age groups can participate and talking about the colors the different hues of the desert sand here is so distinct you know it ranges from golden brown in dubai desert what you can see to a deep red in the rasal khaimah desert it's so beautiful i think that brings us to the end of this episode thank you very much for tuning in and this podcast will be out wherever you listen to podcasts whether that's spotify itunes or soundcloud subscribe and do listen in next tuesday for our next episode we'll see you then goodbye